0: Welcome to Know Your Gear QA podcast number 194. It's good to see you this Friday. Week seems to go by fast sometimes and slow sometimes. This was one of those goes by fast weeks. If you're new to this uh, show, all you have to know is if you're here live, just please address me with a question mark first. That way I know you're talking to me and that way if I see it, I know it's, it's just for me. So if I see it, uh also, if you want to stream this as a podcast, you can do so with the links down below. Uh is uh if you go to Spotify or uh you know iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it, it's on there. SoundCloud, is that right? <laughs> Spotify, iHeartRadio. So, um but uh we have a lot to talk about this week. It's the virtual NAM kind of thing. <laughs> There's it's scattered out there. Uh, I saw various YouTube channels talking about certain things, certain things being posted on uh, things. So we're going to talk about that stuff. Um, you guys have been all week. I've been getting all kinds of comments and stuff talking about, uh, basically, um, you know, what you thought was cool and what was exciting. So before we get started, there's something I got to do. I actually have. A, I'm going to start the show with a giveaway. And first, I just realized. Uh I don't have a link to the giveaway. So, let's find out why that is the case. And let's go here. Hold on. I can create my own link in 1 second. So, so a company reached out to me. When I say company, I want to be very clear, it's a small uh uh company, okay? So, basically, there's a company and they make something called the Tune Ninja. And hold on, let me go back and uh, put the link. So those of you guys, uh, you guys watching the Breed Broadcast would get the link, but I want to make sure that everyone watching it live gets it as well. So what is 2Ninja and why are we going to talk about it first? Because I'm going to show you. I'm actually going to show you. So, uh, and then give one away. All right, let me get back to my main screen. So for, there we are. All right, so the first thing I want to show you is I have my Kiesel. You guys know how my my Kiesel right here. I love this guitar, by the way. It is absolutely gorgeous. I know if you're listening, you can't see it, but just picture a really beautiful Kiesel. And I know some of you viewers watching are going to be like, what's that thing on your headstock? Um, what's on my headstock is a wedgie. It's a it's a little rubber uh, device that allows you to stick picks in it. I did a video about this a few years ago, but that's not why it's on there. I, you'll see them from time to time on my guitars. It's because I don't like the... Uh, the D and the G string to ring. And so I've learned that's just a little mute thing I can put on it. But what's on here is the Tune Ninja like this. And uh, for those of you listening, I'm going to describe it to you. It's a device that magnetically clips onto the back of your headstock. So you're looking at it right here. This is it. You can see it just uses magnetic power. (laughs) So basically what it does is it clips on and check this out, like super... Superpowers. We're gonna switch screens. There. Look at that. Now you can see the backside of this. And uh, for you Disney fans, it's the backside of water. Anyways, uh, you basically turn it on, and it works just like a clip-on tuner. If I turn it on right, I think I turned it off. It was on. Now I'm turning it on. But there's a couple reasons why I think it's cool, and and why we want to maybe support this builder. This designer, so you can see, it works just like a normal kind of clip-on tuner. You hit the string, it gives you the string that you want to tune. It works very standard. Anyone who's ever worked a tuner knows how this works. Of course, like I said, the difference being that it magnetically connects to your tuning keys. And uh, I don't know if it does it to every guitar, but most of my guitars is doing this. If you notice, I was hanging it behind me on a cradle hanger. Uh, the tuner was out of the way. So let me let me take it off the guitar before we give one away. All right. So, a couple things to know. This is a small builder. It's a he's an entrepreneur, inventor. He reached out to me via email, which I wish uh, more people would do. Had the had the guts, the balls to basically say, "Hey, uh, he did this thing. He sent it to me. He knows the deal. You send it to me. If I like it, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it. We'll promote it. If I don't like it, you know, I'll email you back and explain why." But uh, does it rattle? The, great alto Z. Thank you. No, this thing. I wish I could show you my only concern. And I've been using this for two, three weeks now, at least two weeks solid. Okay. My only concern is the magnetic magnet is super powerful. So when it's, when it's connecting, so, you know, I feel, I mean, it's, I wish I had, I should have demonstrated. It's, it's powerful. So my only concern was maybe it would scratch your tuner or something, but I had no issues with that so far. Nothing like that. And I've been putting it on my expensive guitars. I mean, I really gave it the road test. So I'll tell you the things that are good and the bad things about it real quick. The good thing about it is it works. It magnetically sticks to the tuners. Uh You have a beautiful screen right here, but that's not what's killer about it, by the way. What's killer is it uses a USB plug right here and then you get an app and you could, da- no, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> You get a USB, it, you charge it with a USB charger and then you have hours and hours and hours of battery life. I wish the clip-on guys would figure this out. Rechargeable batteries on the clip-on tuners would be awesome, but he figured it out. This is rechargeable. Now the downfall, he's a small entrepreneur and therefore this is his first design. And this is the one he's making. And this works only for six in line tuners. So if you have Strat, uh, any kind of guitar that has six tuning keys in a row. This clips on. It works fantastic. It will not work on your three and three tuners. He's working on that design next, and I don't think he's got any plans to make a one that fits all. But you got to understand, this is really not like the clip-on tuners where, you know, you just transport it from guitar to guitar. This is so that you can leave it on your headstock at all times, right? That's why you charge it up USB, leave it on your, tuner all t- or your guitar at all times, and then you can tune it. And I think if I go back the other screen, you'll get a better view of the quality of it right so uh they're about 30 bucks so that's you know within about five dollars of what a clip on tuner is. He put a special dis a special special he put a special discount code on his reverb store. I put a link. It's in the description right now uh, it, for the next I think forty eight hours for the weekend. If you click it, you're gonna get twenty percent off. It's just for the viewers here to you know because obviously we just want to drum up some business for the guy. If this is something you're interested in, uh, I think it's cool. Like I said, I checked it out. I, I think I like the idea, but I'm really really like the idea that if he, this is a great product, but more importantly. I really like the idea that he's going to put the uh, the pressure on the other clip-on guys to make those rechargeable battery things happen. So that's very cool. So, oh, and David said PRS just did a clip-on rechargeable battery. I saw that. Uh, they apparently sent one too. So we'll talk about that as well. But uh, the, and we'll talk about that. So anyways, uh, let's give one away. And I thought you would dig this. Uh, let me tell you who the winner is. So the winner, if I can figure out how to get to the screen, is... And this is gonna take a minute. So drumroll, please. I should have I should have put it in order, but I didn't. So uh, let me tell you what I did. I basically went on the live show and I was looking for I uh, screenshot the first questions as I always do. And the very first question today. So in other words, this person was here two hours before the live show. And they posted the very first question of the day. So I'm going to answer your question. The question is from Mitchell. Mitchell. Whoops. Okay. Guys, please thank you for being patient. His name is Mitchell McCowan. M-C-K-E-O-W-N. So. I think I saying it right. Anyways, Mitchell, you won. Please email me at askknowyourgear at gmail.com. I want to tell you why this is cool, too, so you guys know. Not only did Two Ninjas kind of uh, give me the tuner to give away, and you're going to get one new in box, but he paid for the shipping and everything. So I'm going to ship it. It's here, here, and I'll I'll get it out Monday for you, but he's paying for everything. I'm out nothing. I don't have to pay to ship it or anything. So Mitchell, I don't care where you are on the planet Earth. He's covered it, Um, and uh, and we'll do more. He gave me a couple to give away. We'll space them out over some live shows, but... Mitchell, thank you for your first question. You just won a something, and that's what I wanted to do—something fun today. I hope that starts the show a little fun. There you go. I gave my plug for the the, the small guy, and uh, really cool. And like I said, I really, really, really like it. So there you go. My only complaint is it doesn't fit on my three and three guitars. <laughs> If it did, I could probably, I'd like it. I think it works really great. Okay, so uh, Mitchell's first question of the day is, is stuff on Reverb overpriced? Well, Reverb is a community of sellers, new and used, and so the pricing is dictated by that community. So um, sure, things are going to be overpriced, and sure, things are going to be a steal. I tend to find really good deals on Reverb all the time, but I think it's because, maybe it's because, and this is why it's interesting way, how I shop on Reverb. So I have a uh, a mentality of of, uh, when it comes to reverb. When I look at anything at reverb, I only want to look at the newest thing, the thing it just posted, right? And I'm sure I think a lot of you are like that, but I'm sure some of you are probably thinking the other way, like, oh, I want to look for stuff that's been around for a while. And if they're more desperate, they might take a deal. My logic is usually the best deals get bought first, so when I look at any de- anything on reverb any product any device the first thing I do is sort to newest listed in fact sometimes if I'm in the mood to just I don't know hankering to see if I can find something cool to pick up uh, I've done this many times as recent the few months uh, last few months I will literally go on reverb pick a category like guitars uh, like I said say it's solid guitar solid guitar used newest first or new newest first newest listed I should say newest listed and a lot of times, like I had a couple months ago, something there was a few guitars listed, and one was like uh, this $800 guitar, and it was like $300 or 265 And I was like, uh, and I just bought that. So, uh, no, I think uh, right now we know the market is a little tough because of the fact that uh, the manufacturers are killed, man. They're, they're literally building as fast as they can. There's companies, uh, I'm talking to companies now, and they're 8, 10 months back-ordered. So prices are going to be high for a little while. Like I said, this is going to go on. As long as we're all locked down and forced to do nothing else, I mean, really, what can you do if you're stuck at home? You can watch TV or Netflix or whatever, YouTube. You can watch me talk about guitars. You can play your guitar. You can, you know what I mean, play some board games. I mean, it's it's going to be a thing for a while. So uh let's get into some other questions and of course we're going to talk about the nam or the virtual nam and new products that i saw and what you guys thought of new products um but i want to try to do it as organically as possible in other words i saw some you guys already asked me some questions about products so we'll we'll do that as well um uh, and so speaking of which, some of the first questions. First one comes from Fleet Farm who says, what do I think of painted headstocks on the new fenders? Uh, I am a huge painted headstock fan. I've said that before. My main Strat is a copper Strat with a copper painted headstock I had custom made. Uh, behind me, think about this. Behind me, I'm just looking, uh, there's a seafoam a, 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 a green Telecaster with matching painted headstock. And there's also a Stewham Urge Lake Placid Blue base behind me, which my Kiesel's blocking that helps for those watching or listening i'm pointing at it um and that has a matching painted headstock i love matching painted headstocks now that's not what you asked me though you asked me if i like painted headstocks on fenders do i like black painted headstocks that's what they're really pushing a lot of it um no i don't dislike them i would i don't have a preference in other words to be fair if you gave me a strat whether it's sunburst and it had natural headstock or painted headstock I don't think I'd be necessarily inclined to pick one over the other for any particular reason, but I do like the matching painted hit stocks. And, uh, that reasoning, so you know, has to do, uh, with when I was younger and I got into guitars and, and, you know, it, when I wanted to dream, when I dreamt the guitars I dreamed about, I should say, most of the guitars I dreamed about were expensive. <laughs> That's usually how it works, right? They're either expensive or elusive. You couldn't find one or it's expensive. And so when I would want a guitar that was expensive, it was usually uh, expensive guitars tend to have matching painted headstocks if you're dealing with paint, right? I mean, if it's natural, it's different. But even natural, like wood, the the veneers on the headstock to match, it seems like it's always the most unobtainable guitars to get a guitar with a matching uh, headstock. Um, And speaking of matching headstocks, did you see the new... um, the new PRS SE. The um, why am I having problems with this? Uh, the guy from Shinedown. Why do I forget his name? I love I love Shinedown. Uh, I saw that he did a matching headstock on the SE, and I thought that was gorgeous. Behind me right now, if you guys are paying attention, there's an SE. Um, the video will be out tomorrow. It's done. I gave the preview to my patrons and uh, just to see what they thought and stuff, as always. And I have a couple of tweaks of editing I have to do. I have to add some stuff because that's what happens. I like to make a video and then kind of look at how it went and see what questions were unanswered or what stuff was redundant. Um, but I thought I'd put it as a teaser behind me today since, obviously, you know, I have the core uh, Arise Verde. Now you see the SE Arise Verde behind me. Um, so, and I think the video will be interesting because it's an unboxing and an assessment of their setup and how it comes out of the box. That's kind of what I decided to do instead of just doing the, Hey, look at it. Isn't it gorgeous? You should buy one too. I did the, how, how does it come out of the box? Uh, you know, how, how is it? What should you expect? Um, so, and you know, and uh, so, you know, I've been trying to do that more and more lately. If you notice in the videos, when I take guitars out of boxes, assess the way it comes out of the box and the reason is I've learned something the comment I get most often about stuff like that is oh well they sent it to you for review so obviously they did it better or they you know they 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 made sure the setup was great or they did this and here's why I like doing that then because what I've noticed is is that whatever i say If you have an opposite experience, you post that in the comments later. So when you have a video and it gets like you know whatever, let's say ten thousand views, and here I am saying it plays out of the box, fantastic, but there's three hundred comments saying mine didn't. That lets you know you don't need me to say anything. Those comments say everything. You know what I mean? Or when you when I get out of the box and I go, oh, it played bad. I've had that happen, and then fifty comments say, oh, it played great. You know, okay, well maybe I got the wrong, a bad one. So so that's why I've been trying to assess that more lately of the setup, the actual setup. All right, uh, okay. So uh, a couple other pinned early questions. Uh, by the way, so by the way, I got some super chats before the show started too. That was that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you guys for that. Um, but these aren't super chats. These are just early, early. Uh, I'm just hold on, hold on, guys, uh, please. Because I have to screen. I screenshot you guys when you come early, just because I want to really. Uh, thank the people that come and hang out early and make sure that I know what it is. They came early to make sure the question got answered. And, you know, man, I always want to applaud effort, effort, Uh, Leonardo. Hey, Leonardo. He says, Hey, Phil, happy new year. Speaking of John Mayer. Were we speaking of John Mayer? (laughs) Do you like the big dippers that were available on his Fender Fender signature model? Greetings uh, from Brazil. Um, When I say yes, I'll say yes and no. So, so you know, with the big dippers, I, I remember this very much. Uh, this is a story uh, that I love to tell because it was always a weird thing that happened and, I, and I've talked when I say love to tell I've talked to so many other store owners over the years and they all had the same story which is when we used to sell the John Mayer Strats. Every time you got one on trade, you had to take it apart and check. And almost 99% of the time – and I'm saying that, but I've never seen it. It's 100% of the time for me. But I'm going to say averaged out by other dealers. 90% of the time, 99% of the time, the the Big Dippers were, were taken out of the guitar. <laughs> so everybody would trade in their John Mayer Strat, but keep the pickups. Or say, oh, yeah, I bought it used. It didn't come with them. So – um so everybody really likes the Big Dippers, and I always thought that was a a, a thing that frustrates the frustrates with the No R frustrates the hell out of me. Which is when companies know that a pickup is special to a guitar, they don't want to sell those pickups individually. I understand that, but it, it is it is a problem because you know that's what happens. People want them. So to answer your question, I know people have a huge desire for the Big Dipper pickups. Um, playing them. I I like them, but I can't really say like, oh, I had to have a set. I don't have a current set now in guitars. There are things I like about them. Uh obviously I love John Mayer's tone. That's the thing I like about his playing more than anything else. I like the way he sounds. I mean, his playing is amazing, but his tone is is uh, it draws me in. I don't know what it is. There's something about that sound. It's a very polished blues sound. Um so it's not as raw and gritty, which I also like, but I mean, it's a different kind of smooth thing. Um kind of like to me like jeff beck this just beautiful violin-esque beautiful sound um so that being said i think his pickups are good but i've never had any desire to like get my hands on a set um if let me put it this way if they made a set right now i mean fender made a set uh i wouldn't like necessarily feel the need to go buy a set not me personally but i would imagine they would sell <laughs> um you know companies do that right when uh when uh, uh Ingvay Malmstein left DiMargio and went to Seymour Duncan. Obviously, DiMargio sells a brand of our model pickups that are the Ingvays, just with a different name. So they could do that. Fender could put out the Big Dippers, just call it something else, right? <laughs> the, the Orion's Belt or whatever, you know, some kind of thing. The Galaxy pickups. So uh, they, uh, but you get the idea. You get the idea. Okay. So uh, hold on. All right. I apologize. I want to get, I'm going to do some of these out of orders because I want to stay on subjects that I think are interesting, interesting right now. It's newbie says, Phil, uh, you're such a champion for the community. That's way too much credit. I, that's too much credit for me, but I appreciate the comment or the compliment. I should say, I appreciate your compliment. Uh, it says, what do you think of the new Mark T guitar? Hey, that's smart. Cause I, what's his, I can't say his last name either. Uh, I have to look at it every time to remember it. Uh, and it says it seems like PRS is moving on the Cali guitar take. Okay, so now uh, thank you for the super chat. You're going to segue right into what I want to talk about. Let's go ahead and look at that, shall we? Let's go look at uh, literally um, the new PRS guitars. I was gonna, I actually did it. F- so we're going to look at the Fender guitars first, but we'll do the we'll do the uh, the PRS guitars first. So let me go ahead and here you go. Share my web page with you. And so these are the new PRS guitars, as we see. First, we have the uh, the special semi-hollow. I really want this guitar. When I was at the 2018 uh, PRS event, I got to play the other version. They did this, and uh, it was my favorite guitar at the event, and I regret... I had a small opportunity to buy one there, and the price intimidated me, and I've been really down on myself ever since because it was a great guitar. And I don't know what it is about this particular model that just does it for me, but... This guitar just does it for me. It's amazing. Um, then, of course, we have the Studio. Another great guitar. Um, something to mention uh, that somebody pointed out, uh, and I and I kind of took notice uh, as well. There's no more Custom 22, So I, I don't know if that's being phased out, but it looks like the Custom 22s off the menu for PRS this year. So be aware of that. If you're into the Custom 22s, you might want to look at those. The Custom 2408, this is the core version. I got the SE sent to me and uh obviously i like the se so i'm sure the core is got to be just as good this is it uh this is the uh mark latiri i i hope i'm saying his name right i apologize mark if i'm saying it wrong uh very talented artist i i was not aware of him until uh of course i saw the video last night i watched the live thing last night um this uh this guitar is just beautiful um and uh and uh, this is what we're going to talk about for a second uh, because uh, everybody's talking about the fact that it looks kind of like a Charbel, like a SoCal. And so you know, let me go back to my main screen so you can see my mug. Uh, uh, if you're watching the, the live PRS event last night, uh, Paul even kept saying the word California sound or California style many times over. So obviously we all know that was a theme this year, if you haven't noticed. Now, here's the question. There's a ton of things. Uh, It could be because the California style guitars, the the Charvel guitars have been a very popular. The Super Strat is a super popular guitar. So the fact of seeing Dean do a version of it to see uh, Jackson did the Misha Mansour Mansour guitar. And it's basically a a Charvel Super Strat, but it's Jackson, you know, on it Um, to see PRS do it, to see so many brands do a Super Strat. Even Fender came out with what, you know, a couple of guitars that are Super Strat's. The, the, um, the uh, Ultra ultra Luxe is got that vibe, but also they did uh, the uh, Boxer uh, uh, guitars. I don't know if you saw the Boxer Strats they did. They had released those last year, but they're kind of just promoting them for the new this year. So those are flat out just Charvels. <laughs> if you ever wanted a Charvel that just had a Fender logo on it, that's going to be the Boxer Strat. Now, Fender done Boxers before. This is a reissue of that, but obviously at that time it was probably to compete with Charvel as well. So... Uh, yeah. What do I think about that? Well, it's what the customer wants. I, I really, I'm, I'm in, I'm not. Usually, in the popular uh, opinion on this kind of stuff, I believe that like cars and pickup trucks, you know, everybody wants a pickup truck the same way. So the fact that Chevy, Toyota, Dodge, you know, uh, our sorry, sorry, Ram now, <laughs> Chevy, Ram, Toyota, uh, Nissan all look the same, and I can't tell them apart when I'm driving down the road anymore. Um, some people hate that. I I don't necessarily don't like it. I just, I accept it as, yeah, that's because that's the design we want. The idea that guitar players or guitar makers come up with new stuff, I think is important. I think it's fun, but let's not be stupid. They can't come up with new stuff if they're not in business. And I think so. I think a smart company makes stuff that people want to buy and then tries to also expand, uh, you know, not only themselves, but the customer. But we all want to buy the same thing strats and Les Paul's. I mean, it's really the huge market. Tell these two. And for everybody who goes, not me, not me. Sure. Of course, but it's, it is the bulk of the thing and are the bulk of the market. Plus, um, the other thing that's worth noting on this too, when it comes to the, especially the super strats is we had the passing of Eddie Van Halen last year. So it's on the forefront of our minds. So if you're a manufacturer, you know, these are manufacturers are our guitar players too. I wouldn't be shocked if Eddie's uh, passing hit them like it hit a lot of us, and they said, you know, I want to make my Super Strat. I want to put it on the market. Now, in PRS's case, it looks like this artist just wanted this style of guitar, and they went with it. So... I think it's, uh, I think it's cool. Let's, let's be clear. I love the guitar. (laughs) The PRS. I think it's gorgeous. Um, I have my Silver Sky out today and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, Oh man, do I need to ditch my Silver Sky and get this guitar? And I'm like, Oh, it'd be tough. I don't know if I could, I could do it, but at the price points those guitars are, you know, something has to go for something like that to come in, but I thought the guitar was, was, was great and I haven't even put my hands on it. <laughs> so I think that's uh, so, but obviously we have a trend this year. Last year and the year before that I always try to do the nam show tw- trends and talk about what's tr- you know trending out there. And this year I think without a doubt the super strat Uh, The the California guitar, style guitar, whatever you want to call it, is a trend that we're seeing. It will be the trend this year. And the only question I have is, like I said, how much of that was uh, the passing of Eddie or the focus on Eddie Van Halen lately because he passed? And how much of it is just, you know, hey, was the timing because of the market? We're demanding that. We want it. We want to buy it. But uh, uh, it always reminds me of a funny story uh, that – uh, Jay Picarello was uh, a person who was the head of the, uh, uh he was the marketing manager, or maybe he was the product manager, both for the base division of Fender. Many years ago, I was talking to him one day and he told me a funny story about, uh, and, and I, it's always stuck with me. And he said, basically when you work with artists, <laughs> artists will eventually make you make them either a Fender or a Gibson. And he said that to me. And, uh, I found it's absolutely true. I, you know, you look at companies like, uh, like, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 P.R.S. and look what happened. Right, you have an artist like John Mayer's, like, make me a Strat. <laughs> Okay, look at ESP guitars, right? The, uh, the you know they all of a sudden they have artists playing Les Paul style guitars. And they have artists playing Tele style guitars. It's almost true uh, to the point where he's like, right? The uh, the artists basically like the same core guitars that we like. They try new things. They work with a new company, and then they go, okay, I want to play the old thing. And so basically, if you want to stick with me, you got to make that. So essentially, the artists seem to be the focus. I find more times than not when you see a company make those guitars, those traditional guitars. like PRS or or like ESP or other brands, it's usually attached to an artist's desire for wanting that. So it's kind of a funny thing. Um, So Peter says, ah, I got to do it because it always comes up. Peter says, PRS is a soulless guitar between Gibson and Fender. So you know what's funny about that? I I used to have a saying uh, and I've said it many times on the podcast that guitars don't have souls the artist has the soul. A guitar was a piece of wood, which is a guitar is a piece of wood which was a tree and if it had a soul we killed it <laughs> cuz it's dead. Think about this. It's not even it's not even that it's not human. It's just it's wood but it's dead, right? So uh to I I but I understand the core of the comment. The core, the core of the comment is that the guitar isn't alive and it doesn't have this feeling. And um, here's what's funny about that. And I know it's going to be sound weird but please work with me. I have purchased um, uh, PRSs, Right, the the obviously Nathan made me this beautiful P.R.S. that I'm pointing at. But that custom 24, I bought that custom 24. That hollow body two, I bought that hollow body two. Um, I did I I did not buy the John Mayer. They ended up giving that to me, which was really cool. It's the it's the only P.R.S. I think they gave to me because um, the rest used to get sent back. Like this S.E. when it's done, it will go back. But uh, that ended up working out that I got to keep it. That being said. Um, I have is, this is why I'm saying this, is because I've bought a ton of Fenders. I've bought a bunch of Gibsons. I've had a Gibson sent to me. I've had a Fender sent to me and I've had a PRS sent to me. So I feel pretty equalized in this statement I'm about to make. I love all three brands for different reasons. I love all three guitars for different reasons. I do find one thing funny though. (laughs) I'm very upfront about this, that I love my Fender the most. It's the hardest thing I say out loud when my good friend Nathan built me the most beautiful guitar ever. It's still hard for me to say because I want to say his is my favorite guitar of all time because it is, but I'm still just a Fender Strat boring player. Here's what's funny about that statement. To me, out of those three companies, I always find it funny that PRS is the one that doesn't have a soul. We never say Gibson or Fender doesn't have soul. Yet, as much as I love all three brands, Gibson and Fender to me are the giant corporate kind of... That's what I consider soulless kind of thing. Now, remember, I like the Fender guys and the Gibson guys, so I don't want to bag on them, but I do want to state that it's kind of funny that PRS has the most corporate vibe. It's the most, you know, right, when you when I'm talking to to, to viewers like you, it always seems the thing that, but to me, when I talk to them, I just want you to see perspective from, from what I get to do when I talk to these companies. When I talk to a Fender, as much as they're nice, I'm talking to some guy in a cubicle, when I talk to Gibson it's it's the same thing it's it's a very corporate vibe discussion. When I talk to PRS employees or, or the people I deal with at PRS um it's it's actually like we talk about guitar not just like the channel and their their thing. So it's it's a really so I'm just saying I'm becoming disconnected from that comment more and more and for no no reason. And I just want to point out like I said I work with them all equally. So the good stuff. But I like all three. I don't know what it is. There's just something about all three that kind of, uh, there's something I can say positive about. Um, yeah, the Eggman says – I'll stay on the subject because it's a good subject. The Eggman says, I had a PRS SE, hated it. I got an HSS Strat, uh, player Strat, and I'm in heaven. Sure, of course. And and and, and it's absolutely correct. There's guitars you're going to love and hate. Look, I like collecting the guitars and trying all the different ones, and there's certain ones that, that appeal to me. But, yeah, like I said, I'm going to be a Strat guy, which is – like I said, that's why the new PRS is appealing to me because I like the Silver Sky. It's 90% of the way there for the fact that – it. If the Silver Sky, as much as I like the way it plays and sounds, I've just still am not in love with the seven and a quarter uh, radius fretboard. So, um, so if I basically had a PRS, I'm gonna tell you right now, if the Silver Sky was ten inch radius, like a normal PRS. I, I would probably like it as much as my Strat, and probably switch to that and play only that. But I don't know, and I keep thinking I might. It might happen slowly over time. Ricardo he said he's calling us on it. He's saying people relating to frequencies to uh re- re- people relating frequencies to soul is almost lame. Look, we have to have look, this discussion because I don't like it when it gets too sciencey and techy so um so to to, to I will always defend both sides because I think we're always in both mindsets. Uh, Ricardo, I agree with you. It's silly to talk about soul in a guitar, but I also agree that, uh, I play guitar solely for the emotional response. So I don't really, I'm never in my logical part of my head when I'm playing guitar. The only time logic applies to me when I'm talking about guitar is when I'm talking to you guys about the industry, the business, because it's a business. So it's fun to talk about how it's done and what we like about it. But when I play guitar, man, there's just no point in my head that i'm thinking about anything other than just how i feel how it makes me feel um and and so i'm always attached to that but i love this conversation by the way i love uh banting back and forth because i think uh you know you need a little balance in your life you need a little like hey this is you know and you need somebody to call you on things so you can kind of relate um Mitchell says, "Oh, so he's the one that won the tuner." He says, "I only have three and three tuners, so please, uh, you know, pass it on to somebody else. I have a strobe tuner, anyways. Thanks." They, um, yeah, you know what though? So you know, this was pretty damn accurate. I use strobe tuners uh, mostly for. Uh, for customers. I think I've uh, said this So maybe it's a good question or a good subject because Mitchell brought it up. I use strobe tuners. I have, I have three Peterson strobe tuners. I use them for setting up guitars for customers. It's just because it's like just the way to do things. I don't use strobe tuners uh, for my personal guitars. <laughs> it's kind of a, a funny thing. Um, not for any particular reason. Then I just don't, uh, uh, I don't find it, it, you know, easier or faster to tune. I just, I, sometimes I need it to be super dead on accurate. So, so when a customer gets a guitar, I can say, you know, it was done properly, but, um, so, okay. So we'll give another one. We'll give it away. So, um, I don't think I can see now who was the second person to post today. Um, but, but let's do this. Hold on a second. Ah, okay, Stephen, you just won. Let me tell you why, okay? So Stephen asked me a question, and Stephen, it's an interesting question. And so I like the question because uh, you're you're obviously a fan or a viewer, you know what I mean? So I want to uh, support you. Stephen Barton, you just won. Please email me at Ask Know Your Gear. Do uh, the subject. I won the Tune Ninja. You won the Tune Ninja Tuner, and I will make sure that gets out to you, buddy. Steven's question is, what is the tool that you used in one of your most recent videos when you were filing the nut to prevent from going too deep. So if you guys watched the video of, uh, uh, you know, how inexpensive or was the true price of a, you know, glare guitar. And then I showed, you know, what the guitar needed for setup. You're right. There was a tool. There was actually in recently in videos, there's two tools that I've reused used recently. And yes, those tools I made, Um, and, and Steven, I don't know, you might've emailed me. I saw somebody email me and if it was you, uh, it was probably make sense. Um, somebody asked me what it was and they threw a guess and the guess was correct. So in that video, yeah, you see me cutting the nut with my nut files and the nut slots. And, um, I have this tool that looks like a tremolo arm. And what it is, is I have stainless steel fret wire of all different kinds of, of fret wire. So I have vintage, vintage tall, vintage tall, uh, medium, uh, ju- medium jumbo, jumbo uh, in stainless steel. The tang has been removed. So it's just the actual fret. And I have different ones radius to different radius of fret boards. And on the end, that's why it looks like a trim arm. I have I epoxied them into the plastic end of a tremble arm. And for those of you, I know this is all visual, so it's a little hard to follow along, but basically what it is, is I've been using them. uh, uh, Yes. To set my, I use it as a zero fret. So if you watched me in that video, that's what you, what you thought you saw, you saw, I slid it behind the nut, basically put a zero fret on the guitar and then use the file to line the strings. The line rests right on that Exact fret, and that's how I set my nut, uh, my uh, slot depth on my nut. And, uh, yeah, they don't make that tool. That's a tool I made. I have many tools that I have made years ago and then recently for that reason. Uh, like I said, my my uh, my thought process is anytime I can template out something um, and it's not that's not, not my my deal man everybody does that Texas Toast we're talking about this about having as many templates for pick cards as possible and stuff everybody makes a tool or makes uh, jigs or all kinds of stuff so that basically the process of what you're doing is, is sped up especially if you're trying if you're going to have to do it over and over again and when I do something over and over again I'm like hey how do I get consistency how do I make this happen so that's how I did it um, I do have uh, it's, I, when I say I have, I have a dry erase board, uh, in my shop and now, and I write down all the, in these grids, all the videos I'm going to make, uh, to keep me more focused on making sure I'm staying on the, you know, so I don't just make a video that pops up that's interesting at the moment. I stay on task of what I have to do. And one of the videos is tools that I've made, why use them. And and uh, and then also that will also be the same video that what tools do I use? I made a what tools do I use video and I gave it to my patrons only. And it was for no reason that I wanted to test the idea. And I, the reason they got it and you guys haven't seen it is because exactly that. I wanted to see what happened. I wanted to see what the response. And from that feedback, I, I need to tailor it, change it, and so I'll do that. So, so Stephen, thank you for the catch. That was cool. Thank you for paying attention to the video. That, that really means a lot to me. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, I don't want to be the whiner, please, but, you know, sometimes when you make these videos, I mean, it's 10, 20 hours sometimes to make a video. And when people catch things like that, you get excited, like, okay, I'm glad I took the time to make that part or do that part of the video, because I know sometimes it just, you know, the videos don't look like that intricate, but sometimes videos, all of us, I don't mean me particularly. Sometimes just making even a five minute video sometimes can be four to 10, you know, four to 10 hours of filming, editing, thought process. And so thank you for uh, catching that stuff. It's real fun. Um, Okay. So let's stay focused on questions. And, uh, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just jump around a little bit and hit some of these, uh, JSL project says, Hey, Phil, great videos this week. Okay. Thank you, buddy. He's talking about the videos I did this week was I did the black star mini amp. That was really exciting for me. I'll tell you why I did this question. And I did the Illuminati neck, which was aluminum neck. Thank you for being knowledgeable guru. Uh, thank you again. The compliments, more than I deserve. Uh catch the show tomorrow. Have a great weekend. All right. So this is going to be this week's hey uh JSL, you're watching the video today which was yesterday which is now t- today. <laughs> you yeah, know, I think every time I do that joke it's different. It's just the same joke but different. Uh so uh good news. I was really excited about this. I hope you're excited about this. Uh, uh Blackstar reached out. Blackstar amps. And as you guys know, I, I like Blackstar. I've bought Blackstars. I've done Blackstar videos. When I say Blackstar videos, I, I bought Blackstars and did them. And they reached out to me, I'm sure, like they did a ton of other channels. I'm sorry to get back to my main screen. And uh, and said, hey, would you like to review the new... Um, uh, id core v3 and uh, you know it was a new little combo amp i obviously did the spark last year and i really like my Spark, so i thought okay let's let's again anytime i can share you know something like that that's cool different affordable um and i said sure but i asked him i said i will do the video i agreed to do the video on a condition and the condition was that we could send out a couple other amps to do videos on so i have two other cool black star amp videos coming and i'm very excited about those and i picked these two amps so the next two black star videos are two amps that i actually picked so that video i did because they asked me if i would do it and i was happy to do that and i think hopefully some of you guys enjoyed it but uh it was a really cool situation because like i said that's to me it's the perfect world it's like sure i'll do a video and show the audience what you want me to talk about and i'll give you my fair opinion on it and then if you let me you know pick something that i think they'll like too that'd be great so i'm excited about that uh bk did a super chat just to say thank goodness it's friday they uh it is (laughs) i don't have friday (laughs) i know it's fridays because it's a live show but it's it depends tomorrow i work or don't work depending on my workload and then sundays lately i've been trying to take saturdays off and then i work Sundays. so i've been doing that since covet has been pretty normal for me I, I i used to work saturdays and take sunday off and now i, I take saturdays off and work sundays um and so there you go. Uh, let's see. Brad Guitar Miller says thanks for the trade up advice I got on the custom shop strat. It is the best playing guitar. I was able to get two. to I was able to get used deal on a new price at Sweetwater it was crazy. That's awesome. So like I said, the trade up thing always is usually a good bet. I'm not saying it's the right t- thing all the time, but I would bet on that. 80% of the time, that if you're trading up, you're usually doing something good. In other words, like I said, trading in two lower price guitars for a more expensive one it seems to be always the way to go. In um, and, and the trade logic, always trade to a better thing, um, better quality thing, bigger, better kind of deal. Um, Al says, What's the difference between an amp for electric versus acoustic guitars? How does the sound from the carbon neck compare to other necks? Okay, two questions. We'll get to the first, the amp, the electric amp, and the acoustic amp are simple. First thing to understand is they're two totally different amplifiers uh, in the concept of how they sound and how they work. So they're not the same. Um, so what's the major difference? Well, the major difference between acoustic amp, and I'm going to keep this really dumb down, is essentially acoustic amp is a miniature PA system. That's why most acoustic amps have a microphone plug. You can plug your microphone in your acoustic. It queued differently. Acoustic guitars are about uh, replicating the sound and making it louder. In other words, taking the sound of an acoustic guitar, the way it is, that's the goal, right? Think about that. You're trying to take the guitar the way it sounds without an amplifier and make it louder. So that's what the acoustic guitar, um, amp does. And so it's basically like a PA system. An electric guitar amplifier is actually an electric guitar amplifier is actually part of the instrument with uh when in regards to a guitar electric guitar most electric guitar electric guitars don't sound the way they do until they're in the amp <laughs> right so when we think of, so that's the main difference they're just different anatomies and that's why you have to do them plus electric guitar amplifiers, amplifiers the way they're made sometimes not only make acoustic amps our acoustic guitars sound bad but you have feedback issues you have other issues so there's other things to consider but they are se- totally separate and then the other question was how did the carbon how does the carbon fiber next sound um, carbon fiber necks sound, in my opinion, like really hard wood necks. So if you had a, uh, a very hard, uh, uh, neck, um, uh, like wingay or, um, Avankul, 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 Avankul. The problem is, I, I think the German guy told me it was Avankul, and then I think I say Avankul. Anyways, Avankul, I think it's Avankul. Um, so there's all kinds of hard wood necks, really hard woods. To me, the carbon fiber has that same kind of sound punchy, uh, snappy, you know what I mean? The attack. Uh, and again, some people are going to say next don't have any effect on the tone. I'm just telling you how I experience it. It always seems that way. So that's what I notice. And yes, uh, for anyone that's going to comment, maple necks are also very hard, but it's a different, different kind of thing. There's more movement. That's basically what I'm getting at too. The harder the woods, the seems like the less movement, the neck and the less movement, the more the note kind of like reacts quickly, quickly when you, you know, when it hits the fret. Um, and so that's what I notice when I I do carbon fiber next. The, uh, this week I obviously did the, behind me, I did the, uh, Illuminati neck, which is aluminum with carbon fiber fretboard. That's the effect. It had that very harsh effect. One of the comments in that video was somebody said, Hey, Phil, you talked about carbon fiber necks, uh, bruising my palm, you know, right here, uh, when I play them, did it have that effect on there? No. And, and I don't know why. Uh, and that's really strange. Cause that was the thing I was concerned about was, you know, um, I've talked about this playing the guitar when I play the really hard, like carbon fiber necks. sometimes after a while I get this like little tender spot right here, uh, on my hand and uh and i didn't really enjoy that um and now i'm wondering if it wasn't so much the how hard it was because but also those instruments were heavy this guitar is light this strat um i didn't say in the video i should have i'm sorry i apologize uh i said the neck was one pounds uh, nine ounces or something like that uh the and the body and the neck combined are i don't know seven pounds uh, just under seven pounds so it's a light guitar so that's probably part of it because most time i played the the other guitars they were a little heavier but, um, cause they weren't all carbon fiber, just the neck was carbon fiber, heavier body. But also I'm thinking maybe it was the neck shape. So that could be a, a thing too, because those necks always tend to be a little thinner. The ones I've played. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm just reading the comments, guys. There's just a lot. There's 1200 of us. So I'm just keeping on top of it. Um, uh hog hog two four two seven says since it's new gear and we're trying to keep the theme today is new gear says i saw joe bonamassa has a new set of strat pickups uh or you can buy a complete pickups and drop in pickguard yeah from seymour duncan and i believe they are uh who is who is the 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 fancy winder there the the woman um again i apologize sometimes when i'm thinking about all this stuff it's hard to process everything but yeah, I know that's uh, her name's in the pickup name or in this thing. So I, I I didn't read it. So I'm assuming she's involved with it. I saw that too. You know, he's got a great tone as well. You know what I mean? So he knows that. And that's why I've said this before. When artists have these signature things done, sometimes they just sound fantastic because these guys just have great ears. That's how they make great albums. Okay. let me get Let me get some more questions here. And we'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me loading them up on it? It only takes structure and, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Nah man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you know, man? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm y'all trying yeah, yeah. to yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. Look, we all artists, man. We go you feel me? we gonna have this like me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play we play with this shit I gotta we play with this shit right now for a lot. Don't play with it, take that shit seriously All right. Here we go. I've just loaded in a bunch. All right. We have Al. Al says, Oh, I did Al's. Sorry, Al. We just did yours. So we're going to do Nathan, Nathan Sanye. I know we know Nathan. Nathan made that beautiful PRS right there. So Nathan, uh, he says custom 22 is discontinued. So he's confirming uh, that I'm shocked. Uh, he says also, uh, violet is discontinued the color violet. So if you like the color violet, um, he, he's shocked. Well, you know, he used to work for PRS, so I'm sure he's shocked because that I'm not shocked. Uh, here's why I'm not shocked. Um, I felt a little, so, you know, I felt, I felt a little over the last couple of years, like PRS keeps offering so many new models that after a while I am confused of why they're all different. And maybe Nathan's because he worked there and he's more versed in the, uh, the, the different models. Here is why I'm confused. I see like the studio and, and I go, okay. But when I look at the studio, although there's probably little tweaks here and there, I see a custom 22 with a humbucker single single. When I see 22 frets, you know what I mean? So, uh, Paul's guitar, Paul's guitar apparently is a different guitar, but I see Paul's guitar as that's a custom 22 with (laughs) these different shaped pickups. You know what I mean? The 408, you know what I mean? So after a while it starts feeling like, um, kind of like what yeah, well, not even kind of, it's actually very unique. Uh, so I understand there's subtleties in the neck thicknesses and shapes and all this stuff. But after a while, it starts feeling the same guitar. I felt that with the McCarty's by the way. Um, you know, the McCarty guitars, they would all of a sudden there's like, here's a McCarty and I'm like, okay, slightly thicker body, custom 22 with, and sometimes it would drive you crazy looking at them. Old ones, old PRS's, and you know, somebody's like, is this a custom 22 or a McCarty and you'd be like, uh, this is a McCarty, which means it's slightly thicker here and this and, and Hardtail versus Tremolo. And so after a while, it just starts feeling like the same guitar. So I think um, I think it's maybe, in my opinion, it's a smart move to cut the 22 out. Sure, people will want it, but that's kind of like the Disney logic, right? Take it off the market. Let people want it because, you know, guitar players are no different than anybody else. No one wants anything until they can't have it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the the 22s go for top dollar on the used market, which means they have to bring it back. <laughs> right so uh that makes sense I, I it would shock me if the custom 24 was gone because i feel like that guitar is kind of more unique because when i see all the other ones like i just talked about the guitar that i was in love with uh the most at the show was the uh the special right and here and let me go back this is the guitar i was saying like oh i'm in, in heaven when i look at this guitar let's be very clear i i i know it's called the special but see right here i'm looking 22 frets right? it To me, it's a humbucker, not even single because that's a narrow-filled mini humbucker. So that's a three humbucker, but one's a mini humbucker. Uh, semi-hollow custom 22. <laughs> and, if, and so when I say that, and then maybe you guys are different. So again, put your comments and stuff. I'm curious to see what you say. Um, to me, if that guitar was not called that, it was just called the semi-hollow HSH 22, custom 22, I'd be like, yep. so yeah but good point i understand but uh, again always curious on your thoughts um and plus we know they can't make everything as you know nathan you know you you now nathan if you guys don't know i talked about this before nathan now works for fender guitars so he used to work on the east coast for paul reed smith now he's on the west coast working for the fender guys in the custom shop fender custom shop so now if you get a fender custom shop and it's messed up now you get to be mad at nathan for that By the way, congratulations, Nathan, on the new job. If I didn't say it last time, I'm pretty sure I did, but I'll say it again. Um, So, and, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, so I'm really sad Violet's gone. That was a kick-ass color, by the way. Uh, Super super gigawatt says, like a a Back to the Future reference. Awesome. Says, your thoughts on stainless steel frets? Interesting enough, that's another thing that was new uh, this year. Did you see the, the Fender? Let's go to that. Fender came out with the new Ultra, right? Not all, just Ultra, they had the Ultra last year. Now Fender's got the Ultra, what's it called? Let's look it up, it's called the Ultra Lux. Yeah, look at this, the Ultra Lux. What is the Ultra Lux? Well, it's either Ultra Deluxe or I think Ultra Luxurious, who knows? It's a Ultra but it has a black head headstock, <laughs> except for this one. Obviously, this one's a matching pant headstock on this telly, but it has stainless steel frets. What's interesting about that is uh, I had two funny things coincidentally happen that are fun to talk about, and I'll talk about both. Uh, I did a video last year uh, that um, it really rubbed some companies raw. I had some companies really get pissy with me. Uh, and I know I say that sometimes, but I mean, this was one of those ones where I like, It it didn't go, it didn't land with the companies like it did with you. You guys seem to embrace the video. And so, um, and I don't even know what the video is called. So let me, let me look real fast because otherwise I'll drive you guys crazy if I don't reference it. Um, And I'll put a link when I, when I, when I put the timestamps, um, the video was called or is called. Ah, OK, ready? The video is called Ten Issues with USA Made Guitars. So I did a video called Ten Issues with USA Made Guitars. And then I followed that video up with Ten Issues with Import Guitars. And uh, and of course, you know, I, 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 uh, I highlighted things I saw in the industry. And more importantly, I highlighted things that I echoed from you. In fact, most of the thoughts in those videos have nothing to do with me. What I think is irrelevant sometimes. Uh, to me, what's relevant is all of your thoughts, all of your comments, and stuff. So, so that's what those two were. In the ten issues with American-made guitars, I referenced the fact that a lot of a lot of you, a lot of you, and no underest- no understatement, were really unhappy with. The ultra strats in the idea that they posted a lot of uh, ad campaigns saying this is going to change everything you've ever thought about Fender forever, and then they didn't come out with stainless steel, and that seems to be a a, a product or a, a uh, option I should say that a lot of you are interested in. So it was interesting to see that they just did this again. This could have been in the works the entire time. They knew they're going to do the ultra, and then comes the ultra lux. Um, that's a real typical strategy in business to take a product and go, okay, we know they really want this, so let's give them the the almost that first let everybody buy that up and then release to what they really want and then they some of them are gonna have to rebuy again and the ones holding out will then finally pull the trigger that happens all the time like colors do that you know they'll offer a bunch of colors and they know everybody wants this one color they hold that one back so that could have been the case but i thought it was funny but the reason why it was also a coincidence is the other thing that came up that was fun was uh <laughs> um, Charvel came out with some cool guitars so let's let's show the Charvel guitars this was the other thing that happened that was kind of fun and I got a question today about it so it kind of works in so a couple things about these guitars that were uh, exciting obviously uh, I'm excited about the the Pro Mod SoCal Style 1HSS FRM, uh, which we're just going to call the Green Mini. Those of you guys listening already know, this is basically the steve I Green Mini. Uh, uh, Grover Jackson's been making the GJ2, GJ2 versions of this. Uh, so I think it's exciting that they're finally making a Green Mini again, especially when there was just a great article with uh, Larry DiMarzio and steve I about the Green Mini. Um Uh, so, so that's what I see. It's a green meanie. Uh, but then over here, they made a blue meanie. (laughs) So it's like the same one. They made a lefty, but what really popped out when I saw it was this, this guitar right here. And somebody just asked me today on the live show, they said, Hey, did you see the pro mod DK 24 in the mystic blue? And, um, and, uh, I did. And so if you go back, I, I was like, Hey, I have that guitar. So if you guys remember, I, uh, I had my, uh, DK 24 that was black painted and, uh, by paint huffer in metallic blue. So it's the same metallic blue. So again, I'm not saying, I just thought it was cool. It was like a, you know, like, Oh cool. They, they must've, uh, not seen it but i mean i must be on trend is what i'm trying to say like obviously i had a good idea because this is the only metallic color they came out with which is that blue so it was really cool and i thought it was fun and uh the only difference is oh here let me show you let me go back look at that the only difference is mine of course has uh my logos uh hidden in it (laughs) so my the my my uh, blue um is uh different the um I guess. <laughs> so, uh it was cool. It's cool to see that kind of stuff. So, uh to on stainless steel frets, that's what I'm basically getting at. Is I think we've been wanting them. They're they're listening. I think uh like with that blue uh, Charvel, I think they're listening. The green mini, I think they're listening. I think that's again what we're seeing is a trend of uh they're listening. And this was a subject last year's NAM show. I said last year's NAM show. I feel like with social media now, uh they can see our comments, see what we're doing. And again, if I'm, tr- I'm not trying to imply in any way that they saw something I said on my videos, I'm trying to imply that it's possible they saw your comments in my videos and in other videos. So what I'm trying to allude to is, is you may not realize this, but you are literally talking to them. I think that is very likely. I think that literally when you see products that are coincidentally consistently coming out that are literally things that are being talked about on these forums and these uh, videos, I think they can't always be a coincidence. So I think that's that's what I think about that stuff. So it's good to see that stuff. Um, and hold on a second. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, okay. So you guys are talking about the White Sandimus looks great. Let's look at, look a, let's go back. Let's go back. Who doesn't want to look at more guitars? Yeah, look at, do you see this? The Relict. This is like what they did with the Jacksons. Remember uh, the previous year with the Sandblasted? This is really popping up everywhere by a lot of companies. The Sandblasted. Um, I mean, a lot of cool stuff. There was, uh, was there a, I thought there was like a a really nice, um, oh, you know what I was thinking of? Check this out. I'll tell you a guitar I'm also excited about since we're on this, this trend uh, of talking about this stuff. Let me go back uh, this. Let's go back. Uh, I I've never been a real Dean fan. I mean, when I say that, I mean I'm not like I mean I like Dean, but I've never like I I don't own a lot of Deans or even any, any actually right now. But I gotta tell you, I'm super stoked to see this back. I, I, I there was a point in my life after he passed away. Remember when 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 Dime passed away? You know, all of a sudden it was like Dean couldn't make enough Dime guitars. They was just and it got. After a while, it just really kind of wears on you. You know, they were like every guitar they ever did. And then they got exotic with it. And I don't know what it is, man. When I saw this, the uh, the I think it was yesterday. When I saw this yesterday, I had a very strange reaction to it it just made me miss Dimebag. It made me want to listen to the music again. It made me want this guitar, although that $3,333. Uh, and by the way, that's, that's not the retail. The retail was 4,444. So three 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 thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars is the price you will pay. If you can't negotiate a better deal. And I'm imagining since it's USA, it's going to be limited. That's going to be the price, but I don't know what it is. I just really love this. And, uh, if I had the, the cash and the, you know, just the, the the reckless abandon to do what I want, I think I would just buy this. I don't know why. Uh, so, curious to see what you... I just, like said, out of all the stuff they posted, I, that's what really appealed to me. Everything else was really cool, too, from these guys. Um, obviously, they're getting on the trends. Again, listening. I mean, here we go. We're going to have 8-string multi-scale, 7-string multi-scale guitars. Obviously, it looks like... This looks like, to me, this is, again, more of the... Um, The, uh, the brands, uh, the brands like Ormsby and other brands like that. This is the, these guys jumping on the trends, uh, that they, they're setting. And then of course, again, more Charvels, (laughs) right? Um, I mean, that's essentially what I see when I see this. I mean, I guess it could be a Jackson. It could also be a Sir, but I see a Charvel. Um, so again, them getting on trend, right? Uh, roasted maple neck. Um, so it, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not bagging on anybody. What's nice is, is I think I said it before and I'll say it over and over again as I, sorry guys, I'm trying to jump back to the main screen. Sorry about that. Uh, I said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, look, we want those, those types of guitars and some of us have brand preferences. So I don't think there's anything wrong with brands building something we want. As long as like I said, they're not copyright, copyright infringing on their, their logos and stuff like that. There's a big difference. Um, and of course, and, and I find no matter what you do, you can't make everybody happy. I'll make a video about something unique, like a aluminum neck with a carbon fiber fretboard. And half the comments will be, Oh, this is stupid. Why don't you actually review something people want to see like us, you know, a, a Gibson. And then you review a Gibson and everybody's like, Hey, Phil, why don't you review something different? <laughs> so I get it. We're all different. There's different kinds out there. Everybody's out there looking for different things, but, um, uh Rick in Seattle said it should have been six hundred and sixty six 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 six. Yeah. The problem though is it would have been six thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars if they went that rate right. way. Uh Barry says community kickstarter get Phil a shredder guitar. I probably have one. I gotta have a couple. Isn't that horrible? I feel horrible. Uh then again, I guess that depends on what you consider a shredder. A shredder guitar a shredder, shredder, shreddy guitar. I don't know. Let I me mean, look, I know I don't have any pointy guitars. That's what I don't have. Okay. Uh, okay. So, the, uh, I got a question on, um, sorry reading questions this is what's my thoughts on the fender tone master i don't think i've heard your thoughts on it yet i have tried now the tone master look my one of my favorite amps obviously is my princeton my one of my other favorite amps is my 65 deluxe i love the 65 deluxe in fact it's most used amp i think in my videos in the last few years i I use it as a great reference i put pedals in front of it and i really am interested in that now the twin is also very interesting the tone master twin is very interesting to me but the 65 deluxe twin is the i've tried it now two different times at two different stores and I I don't know it, it it's just made me it hasn't made me want to make the purchase yet. Um I know what my issue with it is and let me tell you what the issue with for, for me is. It's $900. I feel like it's so close. Now creep in my, keep in mind keep in mind keep in mind the 65 deluxe in 2021 now is $1200 street. So, you know, uh so it's now $1200 amp. So, obviously the towmaster. I think it was 850 is now less but um I'm looking at my sixty five deluxe uh that's my problem for the price if it was six ninety nine I think for seven hundred bucks, which is a lot of money, I would buy it, review it, give it a shot, but at that price it's tough and I've talked about getting a used one but I'll tell you, it's funny. I buy used, most of my gear I have is used. Most of the gear I buy for myself is used. I'm a little nervous always to buy used gear and review it. And the reason is, is my biggest fear is I'll review a piece of used gear, give you guys a comment, a thought on it, and then maybe the person before me did something to it and then that's not relevant. So if if I say, oh, it has this problem, you know, So it's hard to discuss. Um, I really want to put my hands. I look, I really want to take my 65 Deluxe Reverb and put it against the 65 uh, Deluxe Tone Master and AB them and actually do a full video. That's really a video I want to make. Uh, And I've just been trying to justify doing it. Uh, Six String Brian says the Tone Master is awesome. Yeah. And here's what's even worse. I have two friends that I, I, I trust and love. Each bought one one hated it massively hated it had to take it back the other one loves it so i'm like great the problem is the one that hated it lives 10 minutes from me could have loaned it to me but he took it right back and the one that loves his is on the other side of the country so i can't borrow it it's been a been a mess (laughs) um let's see uh Station Unrest. All right. This is the question. You get this one a lot if you're on YouTube. The most money spent on a guitar. So I assume he's saying, what's the most I've ever spent on a guitar? And I I, want to answer that because I think it is helpful to you guys. Hopefully what I'll tell you will be helpful. The most money I've ever spent on a guitar, with no close second, by the way, is the Paul Reed Smith Hollow Body 2 that I'm pointing behind me. There you go. Polibody 2, which is right there. It's a 2020 model. I bought it last year for my birthday. It's the most expensive guitar I ever purchased. Now, here's what's interesting about that guitar. Uh, Why I did this, I have no idea. Uh, Not why I bought it, but why I did what I'm about to tell you is I, I sat down one night and tried to figure out what it really cost me. Okay. And the reason why is I was just curious to see when sometimes you feel like maybe you have an addiction or a problem, you try to uh, rationalize things or figure out if you need to get help. (laughs) Right. Am I buying too many guitars? Like, you know what I mean? I have a lot of guitars and I've been playing a long time. But remember, I own a store for 12 over 12 years. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you you know, I, I have less guitars now than I did then. I'll tell you that. But um Back to the importance of this story. Um, I told you guys many times, I sold guitars to buy that guitar. And so here's what I figured out about that. In that basically trade, cause that's what I did. I, I sold a bunch of guitars and I bought the PRS Hollowbody 2 And what I figured out was, and I'm, I am I swear to God, this is true. I actually paid less than half of what I actually paid. So what do I mean by that is, I'm gonna use some math to make sense. Let's say I bought a guitar for $500, but I sold five guitars to buy that guitar. Okay. So obviously if I sold all five guitars for $500 and I bought those guitars for $500, I've still spent $500. But in this particular case, I sold like seven guitars to buy this guitar. And on four of those seven, I sold them for double what I paid for them. The other three, one I broke even on, the other one I paid, I I sold it for four times what I paid for it. And the other one I paid, uh, I I sold it for just maybe a little, maybe 50 to a hundred bucks more than I paid for it. So, Essentially what I'm telling you is this it's again part of the reason why I want you to understand that is that that uh, is that sometimes I think you look at and it's true you look at some YouTube channel and they got all this crap behind them and of course they're getting stuff sent for free that comes into play too of course Um, but the main factor you have to understand is that collectors which is what a lot of these channels are based on right this information is collector information is that this is a trade game that's how you that's how you get here. I, I got an, I amassed guitars because I couldn't afford them. And so I figured out how to do it. And, and obviously I, I did exactly what a lot of people do. I bought, I traded, I flipped, I did things. Uh, and then I opened a store and I did stuff that way. And, and I got guitars on deals and essentially, and the same thing, using the trade game. And sometimes it happens. And that's what happened in 2020, okay? It's not a coincidence that the most expensive guitar I ever bought is in the same not year because that would be funny because <laughs> this not funny enough I should say uh, the most expensive expensive guitar I ever bought in my life was in the same month of the record highest sales of guitars so when I sold the guitars for that guitar now remember I bought that guitar new so that price was fixed I couldn't yeah I didn't get a deal I got a little bit he gave me a few hundred bucks off the price but. So the guitar I bought new was fixed. In other words, it was the same price it was five months before, but the guitars I sold were almost double the value they were just five months before. So I sold at, I don't want to say the highest part of the market, but it seems like the market has not been as high as it was last summer. So I sold my guitars and that's what happened. If you really look and analyze the situation is I saw an opportunity. I said, Hey, look, I have a few guitars. Sure. I like them but I don't love them and I can get crazy money for them. Why don't I sell them and get something I really, really, really want. That's what I did. I don't regret doing it to this point. Um, because I can tell you this, uh, Hollowbody twos, uh, getting a new one right now. It's like, it's like a nightmare. It just takes forever. They're, they back orders out of control. Uh, Ben Coombs. Hey, what's up, Ben? Ben says, yep, I flip gear all the time. Yeah, it, it's essentially like some people like I I, I hear people of all different uh, versions of guitar players. Someone will say, I never sell my stuff. Yeah, I understand that. You buy stuff, you like it, you use it. I don't sell anything because I don't like it. It's very rare. OK, uh, usually when I buy something, I'm pretty sure I like it at that point. Um, but it's it, it's very rare. Usually when I sell stuff, it's opportunistic. It's like Uh, Okay, if I sell this, I can get this and this is going to be a better, uh, uh, you know, kind of longer term thing. And I guess, like I said, like a collector, and I've always said this part of me is a musician. It's just what I, I am a player of music. I love music. And that's why I own and play like four the same four guitars all the time through my my Princeton. Right. Strat through the Princeton. And I'm just happy as hell and I don't need anything else. But I'm a collector. It's something I do with my time. I can't play guitar all the time. Sometimes I, I like to go to music stores, like everybody else, and look to see and find the opportunity and find the deal and uh, and and uh, and grow the collection in a different way and try different things. Um, and I can tell you right now, I've tried so many guitars in my life. I would have never had opportunity to try them if I didn't do that kind of s- same uh, philosophy. So that's why I wanted to answer that question because. Um, Sometimes when people, a lot of times when people ask like how many guitars you have or how, what's the most expensive guitar you've had? Uh, It's a gauge of, you know, what, you know, what you make. And I'm going to tell you, if you try to figure out what I make based on the guitars I have, I'm out of my league in guitars. I don't make anything close to what my guitar level is, uh, guitars I own is. So (laughs) my guitars (laughs) are worth more than my car, my truck. Think about that. Um, So there you go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would probably... And, and and you know what? I love that because my truck, even though it's a truck and it holds value better than the car, my truck's not worth nearly what I paid for it when I bought it new and my guitars are worth more. So there you go. Uh, Bam Mosey says, Mozzie says, if you want something bad enough, you will find a way. Sure, of course. Yeah. I once... Uh, I once... This Some of you might relate. I once... <laughs> had a, a funny thing happen to me where, um, I saw a guitar. I saw a guy selling a guitar. I should tell the story of the way it actually worked. Oh, you know what? I should actually, I, I think I actually remember the guitars too. So I saw a guy selling a 2005 Les Paul. Um, so obviously this is not 2005, but let's say it was like 2008 and I really wanted it. And he wanted about 1200 bucks. That's what they were going for back then. And I was like, okay, I want it. I don't really have $1,200. I'm not flushed that way right now at the moment to buy that, but I really want it. And uh, he said, or trade. And so a couple of days later, I'm on Craigslist and some guy has like this, uh, a Gretsch, uh, um, a, a Japanese made Gretsch, like a, a, you know a, the, the pro series. And he wanted $700 for it. And I thought that can't be right. And so I call him up and he explains the situation he's like yeah you know it's my brothers he he's like in trouble i'm selling his stuff <laughs> right the same thing you always hear he's like this is what i want for it so i go down and look at it and i buy it and i uh, offer off from 650 and he takes it and then i contact the guy who has a les paul and i said hey oh because he was looking for holly bodies i said look i have a high-end made in japan Gretsch hollow body which straight trade me he's like yep So I have that Les Paul. Now that would be a good story. That's a cool story to tell. Because I mean, you have stories where you lose too, by the way. But the story's even compounded better because I then traded that Les Paul straight across for even a nicer Les Paul (laughs) that was like six months later because, um, and I kind of regret getting where that lost Paul, I liked it, but it's, it's funny, like I said, so that what I'm saying is it's not about purchasing and my mind, I've, I tell you, sometimes I do physically lay out cash for my guitars, but I usually, cause I, like I said, it's like, this is like a weird account and I'm exchanging out guitars for other things and it's an ever evolving collection. Um, uh, uh, so there you go. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just, there's other ways besides, m- Financial money, you know what I mean, to do this, uh, to work around the stuff. Plus, like I said, you can if you buy the right guitars and sit on them, they just they'll go up in value. It's not a hard thing to figure out. I don't think it's hard to figure out. I think most people in today's day and age, with the internet, you can figure that out. So um, I've always said this: just take a Mexican strat. <laughs> okay, Mexican strat is an easy thing to figure out. All you have to do is Google the last. Uh, let's say 20 years. So what's, uh, it's 2021, right? Okay. So go back to 91. Okay. Look at the last 20 years, uh, or not 91. I'm sorry, 91. I meant uh, 20 years. We're going to say 2001. So go back to 2001 Mexican strat. If you look at the prices new of Mexican strats, you can actually calculate what it's going to be worth. So what I mean by that is if you bought a Mexican strat and I'm keep things easy in 2005, you bought a Mexican strat new, I think there were 499 new. Right? I believe that's what they were now new. Um, and so you have to wait because obviously it's like 15 years ago, but 15 years ago, now they're used. They're fetching four. They're fetching. So they were 4.99 new. You could find one for easy four new as a deal. Now you would buy one used for four. So that's what I'm trying to say. So if you bought a new Made Mexico strap 15 years ago and you, you could sell it now for what you paid for it, you didn't make anything. But think about that. You can actually, what I'm getting at is you can calculate that. You can actually figure out through the inflation of guitars because the fact that how they hold value, it's harder to do with other things. Like you can't figure out the inflation of technology because you don't know how technology changes. The guitars aren't going to change. Um, you know what I mean? So certain guitars, I'll go to sell them. And this is another, and then we'll get off this subject, but there's another good piece of advice and I hope it I hope it resonates with you guys. Um, sometimes when I have a used guitar, let's pick on this RG 550. So I have an RG 550. That's what I'm pointing at right now. And Roadflare Red. This is the 2008 anniversary. This is not the new Genesis one, okay? Um, now, the reason why I'm pointing out this guitar is this guitar is used. And right now it has a used value of, let's say, X dollars. Let's say it's worth $600, the way it sits. I'm just throwing a number out. Um, that's what it's worth. And I know that's what's worth. I don't assume that it's going to go down. I assume it's going to go up. So sometimes when I think about selling it, I go, well, why sell it? Because every day I keep it, it'll probably be worth more. So I'll sit on it as long as I can until I think it's at the peak or at a point where the the number is so obnoxious and I can do something with it. I can put it on something else. Like I said, I bought that hollow body too because I really wanted one. The PRS I'm pointing at right now, but also because, also because uh, I saw it as an opportunity to get something that uh, I think it's going to be a little harder to get and more expensive as it goes. So, Rocket fifty one fifty says RG five fifty uh, RG five fifty. I have an original. So do I. I have an original as well. <laughs> I have a nineteen eighty seven RG five fifty as as well as the reissue. So yeah, they're great. And that one's in mint condition. That one's not out because that one I actually bought because it was a good deal. And again, same thing. I saw an opportunity. I bought it. It's in its case. I know what it's worth. It's worth exactly... Well, it's worth what I paid for it for sure. And then over time, it'll just be worth more. So I'll either play it or I'll sell it. Okay. Uh... Uh, my, Michael says, what are you listening to? Question mark, my wife says. And he says, gear math. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's get to some questions. Uh, and uh, let me refresh this. Move my mic to the right spot. Okay. Let me go back. And I apologize, to everybody who, who did a super chat. I know I let you hanging, but I was trying to hit some other stuff. Uh, okay, so the next question is Will there be a Sharpen Max series in 2021? Um, yes, yes. The problem is, and I th- I've said this before, and I apologize uh, if uh, if you didn't hear that once. Um, the issue is, I have three Sharpen Max guitars that I'm working on and have been working on. And the COVID thing just killed getting parts, and that's different. So, like, if I got parts and I wanted to do a video, that's great. But in these particular guitars, I wanted to do—I had specific things I wanted to do to the guitars, and I couldn't get the physical parts. Uh, they've been backordered, um, and and so—and it's also a little nervous for me because, remember, my day, my day gig, my real money—that is repairing guitars. So. I've already been and some of you some of my customers are viewers and vice versa. So they're 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 watching right now. They know what I'm saying. I have been working my butt off keeping parts in stock and getting parts. And I've had so so it's a big thing. So I need to make sure that I have parts for guitar repairs. Um, there has never been a sharpened my axe that I've done to date that I know of that has made me as much as actually just doing the work for a customer <laughs> okay that's not a problem I'm just saying I it's a priority thing I have to prioritize this I have to you know what I mean so um so I back to the problem the problem is, is I have to knock out finish these three before I can do any more and so i these are almost they're almost all polished up yes so the answer is yes I really would like it to be a monthly regular series. My problem, again, always is uh, editing time. It takes forever to edit videos. And uh, like I said, right now, I probably have six or seven. And I say this all the time because it's true. I have six or seven videos filmed. I filmed everything. I've done everything. I just got to sit here and edit them. So a lot of times when you see the videos coming out, it's just sometimes the video comes out just because I can, I go, I can edit it. I'll have two hours in the afternoon. I go, I can edit that real quick. And I'll edit it up, edit it out, put it out and go, okay, now that's a video out. So... Todd Rogers says, uh, yes, just like the FB marketplace, best deals sell first. Okay, so he's talking about earlier when I was talking about reverb and always buying the deals. The same with Facebook marketplace and Craigslist. Yeah, always get it fast. It's a hot market, right? The newer, the better. Jeff says, longtime guitarist looking for nice bass to record some backing tracks. So, uh, so kind of versatile, mid range. A local store has a four, which, wait, a four. Which and why Fender players precision, Fender Jazz, Sterling Stingway, or Schecter Stiletto? So, in my uh, opinion, I love the Schecter Stiletto for the quality of it. So, I think that's the best quality of those for those. And I'm for your, you know, what you're talking about. Um, I love the Schle- Schecter Stiletto basses. When I pick them up, they're just really nice. They feel expensive to me, like a really high end Um, But that being said, as boring as this going to sound, if I was going to pick one for myself, I would pick the uh, Fenders. Uh, pr- uh, player series uh, jazz bass. That's what I would own. It's just like my my guitars. If I could only have one guitar, not what I currently have, but if I could only have a guitar and I had a budget aligned to it, it would probably end up being some kind of player series Fender Strat, like HSS Strat. And if I could only have one bass, it'd be a Fender jazz bass. Uh, and as much as I like Schecter's and Stingrays and all that stuff, I just, there's, look, there's a, there's a in the bass world, let me, let me just clear it up for you guys, for you guitar players. In the bass player world, you don't even show up at a, rec- at a recording gig without a jazz bass. That's, that's like, done. E- no matter how... Even guys that have $10,000 custom basses still have one jazz bass because you don't show up without a jazz bass. A jazz bass is, is a fantastic instrument. P-basses are great, too, but if I was re- for recording, I would say definitely get a jazz bass. You can get every sound you'll ever want out of a jazz bass. It's fantastic. Uh, let's see. Buzz. All right, Buzz Wilson says saw the video for the new PRS studio. Do you? Oh, and it moved. <laughs> it says, "Do you have any experience with near near field <sighs> near near field?" <laughs> I'm okay. Here's let me get to this because I'm pretty sure it's narrow field. It's driving me crazy. Last night the PRS guys, Paul and uh, Jack, were even playing with that word. Uh I think I used to say near field. I think it's narrow field. Um I know I'm not looking at the website right now we could clear it up by looking but I'm pretty sure it's narrow cuz it means narrow like the field of what the pickup hears is narrow. Uh like a single coil pickup. Um filled pickups. Uh so it says do I have an experience with uh narrow field pickups? Uh, humbuckers, and if so, what are your thoughts? I absolutely love them, and I tried. I tried. I mean, I tried. I just don't have any clout. I have nothing. (laughs) That's why I love it. Sometimes I get comments. People are like, "Oh, he loves PRS." I'm like, "Yes. Look, the PRS treats me well. The well, I should say, Gene at PRS treats me well because that's who I deal with. Gene treats me well. She treats all the YouTubers well. She's a good person." That's what good people do. <laughs> However, that being said, I have absolutely no clout with them. And here's why I would do in a second, I, I tried to figure out how to do it. I wanted a narrow filled pickup to put in the bridge position of my silver sky. Dude, I wanted that. Like there is no tomorrow. I offered like, if you could just give me the pickup, I'll cut the, the pick guard and do it myself. Or I send it to them and have them cut the pick guard and do it, install it and, and then film it. And I'll make a whole video of it. I tried to figure it out and they, cause they don't sell that pickup. So to answer your question, I love the damn pickup. I would love to have one in my John Mayer Silver Sky. So, you know, there you go. Uh and then C Burgess says, I understood narrow field. Yeah, I believe so. I, I remember being somewhere and I think Paul Reed Smith was talking at some kind of event, and I think he explained it was called narrowfield because it's a narrow field that the pickup can can read, right? Because its pickup's not as wide. Um obviously narrow fields are like mini humbuckers uh kind of thing. But uh absolutely like them. I like their pickup. I think it's a great pickup. Um Okay. Uh next question is from do, do Mac, do, do host, do hoshmish, Do Mac says, Hey, Phil, any suggestions for a clean combo amp? Preferably loaded with vintage thirties looking to make an angry driver. My main sound. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, I mean, in the V30, you can just stick in anything. So you don't have to buy an amp that specifically has a V30. You could just add that to any amp. Uh, but suggestion for a clean combo. I mean, there's tons, man. There's tons. 112s. I mean, obviously, the Hot Rod Deluxe to the DSL40 is more in the affordable range. They're really good amps for sure. Um, then, uh, you know, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put, uh, I wouldn't put a, a me I wouldn't put a vintage 30 in like a 65 Deluxe. Um, that amp I I I think reacts better to like a Greenback, a Creamback, or of course a Jensen or something like that. And of course, you know, any kind of Alnico um, you know, blue speakers and stuff, but, uh, V30. Oh, you know what? Another great clean, I mean, really good clean amp for the V30 is, um, is the, um, Archon 50 or 25 watt combo. Just amazing clean, but again, more in the pricey range, but there's tons out there. You know what I mean? But like I said, I, so basically I'm, I'm, I'm instead of suggesting the amp to you. I'm just going to suggest that you don't worry about the V30. If that's something you like, cause I like V30s as well. Get the amp and then just buy a V30. You can pick up a V30 for a, a deal, and you'll if you focus on that, you'll find a better deal. Sometimes, sometimes buying an amp that has a good speaker in it is not a good deal. They seem to jack up the amps a lot when they put a good speaker in it. So you can just buy the speaker, uh, you know. And I mean, I, you can find used V30s, and I I really I've, I really 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 want to convey this to you guys. Other than damaged blown speakers, used speakers to me, in my opinion, are better than new. The more they, the more they use, the better they seem to always sound. So get yourself a use V30 and stick it in there. you will be happy. Okay. Back to next question we have is David. David says Deluxe Reverb or Princeton Reverb for a pedal platform. Which Princeton do you like best? I use the 68 Princeton. That's the Princeton. I use the 64. He's always suggested 64, 65 and 68. Um, the 65 is, uh, they're all amazing, but the 65 is, is bright and I, and clean. And I, it's not my thing. I like it. I don't love it. It's a good amp. I would own one if I could, but I I can't have everything. So I not you know, it's not my amp, but I have a 68. I love my 68, a little bit more breakup at the end, a little fatter on the lower on the base end, a little less high end. That's what I like. Um, if you don't like that, reverse and get the 65. The 64 is the hand-wired one. I have a 64 Deluxe Reverb. <laughs> I told you I have a thing for Fender amps. So uh, the 64 is Deluxe Reverb is the hand-wired version of that. I like uh, I like the idea of the 64 hand-wired Princeton. I never played one. And the reason I haven't considered it is it's not much different in price than the 65 hand-wired uh, or 64 Deluxe Reverb hand-wired. And so I, I just want to... Uh, you know, I, I, so I bought the one that I thought made more sense financially. Uh, Adam did a super chat for no reason. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you that for supporting the channel it says, David says, love your channel. I look forward to Fridays a little bit more each week because of these chats. Thank you, David. Um, as the screen jumps, uh, it says shout out to Epiphone for us, SG custom. Okay. Thanks Santa. Oh, and a PRS for a brilliant Starla SE. So he's uh, so that was what he got for the holidays. He got a uh, an an SG custom and a PRS uh, Starla SE. Good guitars, really cool. Like I said, I I like Epiphones. I like the Les Pauls. I really like the hollow bodies and their uh, and their SG style guitars even more so. I don't know what it is about them, um, they appeal to me. John says. Oh, by the way, I got to tell you this horrible thing <laughs> I've been talking about for the last couple of months, buying an Epiphone and reviewing it. And I've been o- <laughs> on the fence. I've been looking at the hollow body, you know, the ES-35 Epiphone or getting the Les Paul and I was debating both and both. And then I found out that they're going to finally um, release the Kramer uh, Dave the Snake Sabo model guitar from Kramer. And I'm a huge, ridiculous uh, Skid Row fan. In fact, do I have... I don't have it. That's so funny. I just, I just bought the, <laughs> I just, I just bought the Slave to the Grind music book on used on on uh, Amazon for an outrageous price. I'm so, I'm actually ashamed of myself for paying the stupid price, but I really wanted it. Um, so that's why I, I, I look. I know. I feel like I have to do the Epiphone thing. I'm going to do it, but let me, let me tell you, it's kind of making me a little nauseous because I feel like I really want that to get that Kramer. <laughs> so. I will probably do the right thing and get the Epiphone. <laughs> it's like anyone. I got to wrestle with myself for a little bit. My desires, the channel's desires. So there you go. Uh, but I'm just telling you, that's what the slowdown was. Cause I'm not, I can't buy both. I'm not going to do it. It's just it's silly. Uh, uh, it says, uh, uh, okay, we have, Oh, here's another question. I'm sorry. I was looking at comments and then questions. Here's a question. It says, hello, Phil, appreciate you and this community. I'm looking for a GNL. Okay, Ascari GT90, your recommendations? I'm on week three of lessons. Um, Well, congratulations on the lessons. That's awesome. And on that guitar, I have no idea. (laughs) So um, what I will tell you is, and this is lame, but it's the truth. You can take that model, go to reverb and put it into your, uh, you can put it as a, a, uh, so when they get listed, it comes right to you. You can do that on eBay as well, but you can do it on reverb. So if you can't find one for sale right now, you can always put a, uh, you go in, I forget what you do it. You just go on reverb. It's, it's pretty easy to figure out. You go into reverb and you to say, basically, if this gets listed, tell me about it. It's like your wish list, I guess. I'm trying to read the name. David Gliss. He says, Hey Phil, I'm looking at a new SG61 standard with burst buckers. What do you like about the SG? What don't you like? How's the tuning stability? Okay, so you covered it. What I like about it is they're light, they're comfortable. Um, I think they look cool, although at first I didn't think so, but over the years I kind of they grew on me. Uh, what I don't like is tuning instability; they get a little tricky. I think uh, you know Gibson, Les Pauls, and SG sometimes have a little bit of tuning instability, especially on G and D. Everybody knows about it; you just deal with it. I don't like how top heavy they are. That's it. <laughs> so. That's the only real issue I have with my SG. Um, is the, It's a little on the top-heavy side, but I've learned to, um, to deal with it. I'm going to use a lozenge, everybody. I hope you don't mind. Um, okay, so I have no idea how to say his name. Lewis something. Okay, um, the question is, how do I feel about Taylor becoming an ESOP? So um, if you guys don't know what I don't, I haven't read any of the articles yet, but apparently my understanding is that Taylor is now owned by the employees. Um, so I would imagine that's a good thing, but I have no reference. I mean, that's just literally a reaction thing. everything. I heard the other day, I, I mean, it was in, you know, in the last day or so, I can't remember. Somebody mentioned that that's what's going on but I have no understanding of why it happened or what, uh, that was something I was going to look into, but I was dealing with some other stuff at the time. Uh, so how I feel about it is it sounds on the front, a good thing, but I don't know much about how that works. I've never worked for a company where they offer you know, that happened. So I don't know, but interesting thing to talk about. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, Austin says, when setting up a guitar with compound neck radius 10 to 14, for example, what radius gauge do you use to adjust string height? So uh, this comes up quite often. And again, I've said this before. There's a couple ways to do this. Everybody has a different way. The way I do it is is uh, I radius to the flattest. So if it's 10 to 14, I, I will radius to uh, 14. I've seen people radius it to 12. I've seen radius it to 10. I will do it to the 14. Usually, because that's not too extreme what you're talking about. If it's nine and a half to 16, that's crazy. Or nine and a half to 12, maybe a little bit, maybe that's a little bit more extreme. But 10 to 14, I can't even feel 10 to 14. Like I can't feel, like if you give me a guitar, it's 10. That's basically nine and a half. When you give me a guitar that's 14, I can kind of feel that's it's really flat on fourteen for the most part. Um, but that's generally what I'll do. I try to what I always try to do is try to get the strings the flattest, right? To feel feel the best way when cording and stuff. And then depict on the guitar. The great thing about compound radius, a lot of the guitars that are compound radius are better guitars, better built guitars. So. You don't have to worry about all the issues you have to worry about when you have a guitar that's just hard to get the action low. Alex says, will changing pickups on my 2020 Epiphone Les Paul custom to Gibson 490R and 498T or Fluence Moderns change the voice significantly through Katana 100 or will be a difference not worth it? Okay, so this is a question we answered last week, which is should you upgrade to better more expensive pickups if you have a digital modeling amp? I know the Katana is supposed to be solid state. You understand what I mean by that? I think the answer is yes. You will notice a little bit of difference. Sometimes, now this is why I say more so than last week. Last week it was specific, the question was specific to digital modeling amps. Technology like the Spark, technology like what Line 6 makes, you know, digital modeling to some degree the pickup change will be not extreme, but I think it'll be there. And I think you'll notice it and uh, it, it's good. But the Katana specifically is more of a solid state amp than it is a digital amp. And I think it's even more noticeable because again, the signal that's going into the amp is going to be different. So let me put it this way, better, the better way for me to answer this question is what I do that. Would I stick a set of uh, 59R 50 and 50, 40, sorry, would I uh, stick a set of Gibson 490Rs, 498Ts in an Epiphone? Yeah, I would do that. Uh, uh, Fluence, moderns, that's up to you. You know what I mean? To me, that's a different guitar now. But yeah, either way, would I do that? Yeah, I'd upgrade I think that's the best thing about Epiphones. You either buy the ones that are upgraded pickups in them already, or you get one and upgrade the pickups. Uh, Constance did a super chat for no reason, uh, other than to say thank you. I appreciate that. Gil Lamb says, hey, Phil, I just received one Behringer pedal out of the 11 that I ordered. Can't wait for the rest to arrive. So I, man, did I drop the ball on that last week. Last week, I physically said it. I had to go back and listen to the broadcast last week to make sure I said what I thought I said and saw what I thought I saw. So during last week's show, I said, hey, I'll order six. I think I said five, but I ended up ordering six. Six Behringer pedals and then do a pedal board comparison against my pedal board. And then I said, oh, well, maybe I should do that before I... I said this last week. I go, maybe I should do that before I, you know what I mean, order them now. And I go, no, I'll order them after the show. So after the show ends, I literally don't even index the show. I go right to Sweetwater and order them. And they were all out of stock. All Behringer pedals are out of stock. And yes, yeah, so I went back in the show. And if you look in the show, they were in stock when I was talking. So yes, you guys bought all the Behringer pedals. Good. <laughs> but... The Barry, uh, the, uh, Sweetwater rep reached out to me and said, yeah, they're out of stock, but he'll, you know, he'll let me know as soon as they're in. So when I get them, I'll do the video, but yes. So my understanding is that it's sold out (laughs) the power of the internet. So there you go. Joe says, what does Joe say? Says, Phil, I want to upgrade the tuners on my road worn Strat. Any suggestions for vintage style tuners? That have the distress luck from the factory. Um, I bought some, I bought some distressed tuners from Stumac. I believe that's what's on the uh, beer caster Was distressed tuners that I bought from Stumac. I bought a distressed bridge and I think tuners from Guitar Fetish. I know for a fact a bridge. I think I might have bought tuners there. So, um, so that's where I got mine from. I don't know anywhere else. Actually, I've never had to buy distressed tuners before, except for when I did the beer caster. I distressed all the hardware on the beer caster, but I didn't want to do the tuners. And so I bought them off of Stumac and I thought they were pretty expensive, but it was like, a, I needed them for the video. I needed them to make the guitar. Uh, David says Blackstar HT one R or new micro nano amp. To be released. Uh, So he's talking about the new micro nano amps that I think that we were talking about that are going to come out soon. Um, I have not played those, so like I said, I've seen them. I've seen how they work. They're not the same. I don't think they're tube driven, so they're a different thing. If I was going to say, man, I hate giving the advice because I don't know. I can't compare. Um, I do. Here's what I can tell you, David. Here's what I can tell you. I have a Blackstar HT1RH here. Uh, some of you guys in the other video the other day was it in the background because it was in the video in the background of the day. That's one of the amps I requested from Blackstar and now I have that video coming So you'll at least get to hear that amp <laughs> in the video and see what I like about it I'm really curious about this because um, I have reviewed the Blackstar 1Watt amp before The old one years ago on the channel And so this is the new one with the new features And I'm really curious to see if I like it as much as I like the old one Or if I like it better because the new features So I think they're different products that's what I would say. I know I hate to be vague, but it's true. Grumpy Mike Guitar says, For the tip jar and to remind everyone, smack that thumbs up button and why not? So, yeah. Hit the the uh, thumbs bu- up button. The thumbs butt button. Hit the thumbs butt button. You know, maybe that's what YouTube needs. If they had a butt button where you push the butt, people push it more. <laughs> so hit the thumbs up button. Okay. We are basically at the end, but I know I got a couple more super chats to hit. So let me hit a couple more and, uh, but don't do any more super chats cause I won't answer any as of right now. In fact, here, what I'll do, I always like to do this cause it's easier for me. I'm going to give you the last one. The last one I'll answer is Greg, Greg Redmer. So if after Greg, no one super chat, please. Cause I can't get to him. Uh, Waterford giant says thoughts on sire guitars. We talked about this. Um, and I talked about ordering one of those. That will definitely be one I'll, I'll do a review this year of. That's a guitar I'm curious about. Um, like I said, I make a list of certain guitars that I can, you know, logically purchase and do reviews of and stuff. And and that's one of the ones that's in the list. So, but I haven't physically touched one. Aaron Short Music. Hey Aaron, how's it going, buddy? If you guys know, we talked about Aaron's channel the other the other week. So says considering an Ultra HS Strat. Have you tried the pickups? I have. So I've, I've played a bunch of the ultra HSS strats. I'm not a fan of the noiseless fender pickups. My friends have the ultra strats. They love their ultra strats. I I have no problem with the pickups. I'm just not in love with those pickups. Uh, would I play an ultra strat? Sure. Of course (laughs) it plays great. It looks great. It's a fantastic guitar. Um, but I, I have nice strats and I like them now. I'm not going to pay two grand for a strat that I don't absolutely love right now. Cause I don't, I don't need one. Uh, but that's the only holdback back is the pickups. I love everything about actually backup, Aaron, this is easier. I love everything about the ultra strat. I just like the pickups. So with that in mind, the good news is you can get it. And if you love the pickups, you're good. And if you don't like the pickups like me or don't love them, just put a new pick card in there with the new pickups. And in fact, like I said, you just order a new assembly, throw a whole thing in there, take the old ones out, put them aside. Uh, believe one of my friends that has ultra strat likes his pickups, but he's putting the 69 set fender set. I forgot what he decided, but he's putting a more vintage set in there. And it could be just me, me with, with noiseless pickups. I'm not a big noiseless single coil fan. I I use them. I like them. I don't love them. There's just something about a single coil, a true single coil pickup that has, has a magical tone to me. Um, Marcelo says, greetings from Chile. Greetings says, I have a 92 Epiphone Strat copy that came with a Floyd Rose. never stayed in tune. Poster 71 millimeters versus standard 74. Suggestion to make it playable. Uh, love the neck and the color. This is a, this is a, so what he's talking about is the old, that, that was, was like, I thought this, yeah, he said 92. So yeah, I remember from the nineties. Epiphone for a while made Strats with Epiphone, like hockey stick, um, uh, headstocks and it's got a Floyd Rose, uh, and it won't stay in tune. I would block the trim. That's where the problems probably come from. It's got a locking nut. So once you lock the nut, there's no slippage there. So block that tremolo. Super easy to do. I have tons of videos on that, how to block a, I have a video called how to, how to live with a Floyd Rose if you don't like it. It's exactly that right? Uh, it's not staying in tune. So there's a ton of methods in which you can block the tremolo. Once you block a Floyd Rose, even a cheap Floyd Rose, once you block that bridge, so it doesn't move, it's not going out of tune. Once you, you know, right, you, you string it up, tune it up, locked out, lock that nut at the top, adjust the fine tuners. It's staying in tune. So block it. Jacob King says, happy Friday. Uh, on a professional 50. Oh, on a professional 50 to $80 setup. Should the nut, be compensated to intonate frets one through four, or just the bridge uh, zero, 12 octave intonated. Thanks. Okay, this question is really tricky for me to understand. So I think what he's asking me is, okay, so basically he's saying on a setup between $50, to $80, which is the rate which most setups are fall, falling in right now. Should the nut be compensated to to intonate frets one through four? Um, I, I haven't seen that being done. Not as a standard setup, usually a professional setup. Well, actually, back up. I'll just tell you what I do. What does what a professional setup for me include? Uh, this is what a professional setup that I do, what I include. Um, I will include making sure the nut slots are smooth and cleaned out. So I will not cut a nut, I will not slot the nut, but I will make sure that the slots that are currently there are right. And uh, because they need to be. So sometimes I wiggle in there and I'll maybe, you know, slot them a little. If they got a little, little deeper. I'll do that. But mostly I'm just going to polish them out, make sure they're fine. Um, I'm also going to polish your frets. I'm not giving you an order, by the way, because I have a sheet. I, I wish I had the sheet with me. Um, I'll polish your frets, make sure they're fine. I will... Uh, make sure everything on the guitar is tightened. So all the nuts screws, everything's tightened. I will lubricate all of the electronics. So I, I and clean all the electronics that's standard on any setup. I do. Um, the, uh, other thing I will do is, uh, check, I check every kind of component to make sure it works properly. Um, I will, uh, set the action to the desired thing you requested. So let's say you want, you know, one and a half millimeters off the 12th fret, something like that. I'll adjust that. I will also make sure the fretboard or the bridge, if, if, uh, applies is radiused. I also make sure that the, um, intonation is set on the guitar. So tune, set the action, intonate the guitar, make sure the nut slots are correct. Uh, make sure the uh, tuning keys and all the components, uh, are tightened and cleaned. Um, if you have a high fret, I will adjust dress, I will level and dress or level and crown up to four frets. So, <coughs> excuse me. So if I find a bad fret or two, I will just go ahead and I dress dress that. Basically what I do is I have a list of things that I do based on not having to call you. I don't. So to me, sometimes to call you and ask you to say, oh, you need some, you know, your fret crown and level dress on your uh, fretboard before I call you and have that service done or ask you to permission to do that service. If I can just knock it out in ten minutes, you know, do a couple of frets, I just do that. So, like I said, I say up to four. Sometimes it's up to six. It depends on the guitar. Um, what else? Um, that's pretty much a setup. I mean, for the most part. Um, fret sprout is an additional charge, but see, fret sprout's easy because I don't have to. Uh, I don't discover that later. That's usually when I in process the guitar. I'll be like, oh, you have fret sprout, and that's twenty dollars. So I, I'll, I'll do that as well. Um, but like I said, I'll polish all the frets, make sure they're level um, and, and take care of everything else. Uh, but I don't compensate the nut or do anything like that. I don't. That's a, that, all that's additional stuff. And it's very specific. Uh, Ralph 20 says, hey, Phil, have a spare. Oh, have a spare Yamaha RGX TT body. And I'm building but a roasted maple neck. Oh, he, I'm building. Bought a roasted maple neck on eBay, but accidentally split the wood at the base of the neck, screwing into the body. Tips on how to fix it. Well, it's wood and, and you have frets. So I'm not looking at the neck right now. So I can't, I don't see where the crack is. You say split. I'm visually, uh, mentally, visually thinking it's going you know, down the center of the neck or something like that. Anything you split, crack or break on wood can be glued and fixed. Wood's not the problem. So on the neck, you can fix the integrity of a neck, even a split with wood, uh, with glue. I'm sorry, with wood. Yeah, you can fix the wood with wood. You can fix the wood with glue. However, uh, obviously, if it's cracked, you know, underneath the frets, you're going to have to pull the frets. So if I, uh, so again, what would happen if I split a neck like that? If I split a neck, it uh, doesn't matter where, uh, It depend- I have two outcomes, or two choices what I could do. I can, uh, if it's underneath and it's not involving the frets and I think I can get in there and glue it all and fix it, uh, I would do that. Okay. Um, And then sometimes you can get a little tricky with the way you pin stuff, but let's just talk about gluing it. If for some reason it was cut down the center or somewhere where it's affecting the frets, I would actually pull the frets. Then I would glue it, sand everything down and then refret it. I know that sounds like a lot of work because it is, (laughs) but... But here's what I will tell you: Do it right, because there's no other way to do it in that situation. If you half-ass it, it will be, it will be bad. Okay. Um, excuse me. Says hi, Phil. Looking at a new Gibson Les Paul Standard with P90s, wondering if it's worth the extra money compared to cheaper Gibsons with P90s like the Les Paul Specials, Les Paul Studios. I uh, love what you do. Um, this question is really about the idea of should you buy? Well, here's the thing. You're asking, in my opinion, you're asking the wrong question. Your question is, look, I want P90s. I want a Les Paul. Should I buy a nice one? That, that's, that's not really the question. The question is, um, it's just don't exclude the P90 and the question becomes more easy to understand. Should you buy a, you know, a traditional? Should it be a standard? Or should you buy a special or a studio Les Paul? You make that decision first. That's the quality of guitar you want. And then decide, you know, the P92nd. The reason why is because this is sometimes a thing that we do. I call it side salad. You you want a Les Paul with P90s because it's not going to be a primary guitar. A lot of us just want a guitar with P90s. So you're like, okay, I'll buy an inexpensive one. I had a Les Paul with P90s. I found I didn't play it very often, but I liked having a guitar with P90s. I eventually sold the guitar, and now I have an SG. I think it's behind me. Yeah, it's right there. I have an SG. I'm pointing behind me somewhere. I have an SG with P90s because I decided I would play the SG more. I didn't want a guitar that I wouldn't play, and I figured out for some reason, I don't know why, I would play the SG with P90s, but not the Les Paul with P90s as much. So I would just figure out what Les Paul you want and then get the one you want with, and then get P90s or get something else with P90s just to get it out of your system. John Anderson said, "Cheers. Uh, what is Charvel DK24HSS? So humbucker single single with Floyd Rose cover my needs for both traditional Strat sounds and shreddy super Strat sounds. Of course, yeah, yeah, you have everything you need. Look, the Strat's mostly about mostly about the neck and and middle and neck blended position. That's mostly what a Strat's for. Of course, we use Strats for the bridge and everything else. But most players are most players that play Strats and not." Like diehard strat players. Most players that just have a strat want it for that, those two positions, four and five. So, of course, that'll get it for you. That'll do it. And you'll have the best of both worlds. William did a super chat for no reason. And Isshinri Kid says, Let my base breaker, oh, left my base breaker 15 on, on all night by accident. Now the volume pot jumps or cuts in volume from off until 10 o'clock. What did I mess up? Um, well, I, I can't imagine leaving the base breaker on did anything to your potentiometers. It's not kind of how that works. Even if it gets... Because remember, it's, it's about heat. You basically left it on so it was hot all night. And heat is, is bad because it can damage components. But I don't think that's what it is. It, it possibly... Your description of your problem does not sound like a tube. However, the only issue with really leaving an amp up all night are really going to be two things. One, either burning out the tubes. Or in some cases, burning up some components. But again, the amps are designed to kind of take heat. Keep in mind, okay, uh, Shinri Kid, maybe this will help help make you understand. So the issue you have is that you left your base, or your amp, not base amp, but your base breaker, your Fender amp. You left it on all night. Well, so did Fender. <laughs> Almost all tube amps when they're made are burned in. So they basically turn on the amp and leave it sit for 24 hours. That is a, uh, I don't know if Fender specifically does it with that amp, but they will do some kind of burn in. Okay. Most companies do 24 hours. Some companies might do eight hours or 10 hours. But so in other words, not only what you did, isn't that bad. It's, it was already done. The amp has already been burned in. In other words, they turn it on. That's what they want to see is what happens if it was left to burn in. So, um, so here's what I'm saying. One, it could be psychological. Happens all of us. Like, ah, you're thinking you're hearing a problem or maybe you're being more sensitive to a problem that already existed because you think it burned up, but really it already been burned in. Two, it could be a preamp tube. That's an easy thing to do. Kind of change out the preamp tube and see if that fixes it. Three, it could have just got really hot and then the pot's not working the same way, but I don't think that's likely. But I can tell you a fourth option that's important. You can call a fender uh, warranty center for amps, tell them your problem. And sometimes they have the fix already. So Fender does log problems. So it's different than just calling a random repair guy and saying, you know what I mean? In fact, don't even call a repair guy. Call Fender customer service and tell Fender customer service a problem. (coughs) Excuse me. And they'll have sometimes a list of, yeah, yeah, we've we've experienced this problem and here's the fix or here's what's causing it. So sometimes they have that already kind of predetermined and ready to go. Uh, Blaine did a super chat and Michael did a super chat. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for supporting the channel And then Madman Chris is gonna be Oh, no, he's not. Madman Chris is second to last Second to last. Madman Chris says, hey, Phil, what do you like about Les Pauls? And why do they hold so much reverence? Do you think in the guitar community? Okay, so Um he says, new guitar, new player to guitar and sub. So he's a new subscriber and new guitar player. Appreciate that, Madman uh, Chris. Uh, so at the core of your question, is says, what, what do I like? He wants to know what I like. What do I like Les Pauls and why do they hold so much reverence? Um, well, it's because they are uh, they are just like a Strat in the idea that they are, well, they're double of the Strat. Here's why. A Strat and a Les Paul, and we can say Telly's too, but we're going to focus on those two big guys. Strat and Les Pauls have been recorded on everything. Almost every iconic great song you love has one of those guitars on them. So that's where some of the reverence comes from. It's this, it's the holy grail of recording. It's holy grail of guitars. However, Les Pauls get a little bit more reverence because we can't afford them. <laughs> right? uh, now it's a little easier. You can get all kinds of you know Les Paul copies. But in the beginning. Strats were expensive, Les Pauls were expensive, but Les Pauls were really expensive, and it, and it didn't get much easier. Uh, so that's it's, the reverence is from that. It's not only just a great guitar because it's been recorded so much, but it's also this hard-to-get guitar. They also sound really good. There's a weird thing with Les Pauls. I, I, I think a lot of players have done this. I, I've uh, My love of a Les Paul comes from the fact that I want the Les Paul sound, but didn't want a Les Paul. So I started buying everything that was like a Les Paul. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find the sound I was looking for. Play Les Paul one day and go, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> so you don't need one. You can find all kinds of alternatives to it. You know what I mean? But you have to follow the anatomy. It's the anatomy of that guitar that seems to be be really good. And then the last question is, Greg says, uh, you've been more helpful than you ever know. Uh, cost me some money too. Well, that is uh, that is good. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. My throat is just dry today. It's my fault. So, you know, I told you guys I shouldn't talk too much all day. if I'm going to do a live show and I've been talking all day doing stuff. Um, so uh, thank you again for that, Greg. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for hanging out. This was a great episode. Um, it was fun to talk about a ton of subjects. I feel like today was like one of the most subjects, uh, most, most subjects we've talked about in any episode. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout out to everyone. Thank you again to uh, where's it at? Oh, to, to Ninja, uh, for doing the giveaway. Thank you so much. That was really cool. Like I said, we'll talk about these more. Um, and uh, there's a link down below to save 20% uh, if you buy one from him. And again, I'm just telling you as a to support this. Um, and if you're a small company, same deal. If you're a small company and you'd like to get your product known, Uh, it works really easy. Let me give you the rules. You have to send me the product and then you have to pay all the costs. And what I mean by that is when I ship these to customers or to viewers and stuff, I I just don't, I don't want to be out any money whatsoever. (laughs) Okay. So I have no problem trying your product. If I like it, I will mention it on these shows uh, and tell you guys about it. And uh, again, so, you know, um, you know, he's, he was nice enough to send some out and of course, cover all the costs of, of shipping them to you and stuff like that. So, so again, if I can help out. And the other requirement is you have to be a small company. I, I don't need to promote uh, a billion dollar corporation. They got they got money. <laughs> so, but if you're a small entrepreneur, builder, designer, you have a cool little device like this that's 20, 30 bucks. Look, if a couple of you guys try this, 20, 30 bucks, you don't love it, I'm sorry, you're out twenty bucks. Um, but it's not it's not a huge deal. But again, uh, I, like I said, I hopefully conveyed the the likes and dislikes about this. Like I said, I think it works great. Uh, especially if it's six in line, cause obviously the only thing, only, uh, only, thing that sucks is it doesn't do three and three. And, um, and, uh, like I said, that's the only downfall I could find on it. Otherwise I thought it worked pretty good. All right. On that note, I'm going to leave you guys as always. Thank you guys so much for your time this week and until the next time, know your gear.